Hello and welcome to another episode of Design Hacks for DIYs. I'm very excited to introduce you to today's guest, uh, Lex Roman. Lex and I chat all about landing pages and landing pages, we're going to go into all about what they are, but they're a really important part to sharing our products or our services. Um, And people design landing pages that's a page on your website and they can do them either really badly or they can do them only really well and that really well piece makes a massive difference to the amount of people that are probably going to purchase that product or service so designing them really well is a great 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 skill to have um, whether you are DIYing them or whether you're getting um, someone to help you with them putting them together is really really crucial and to do them well and so Lex and I chat all around um, lead pages what they are how you can create a good one what are the components you need to include in your Um, some bad examples that she's seen, some good examples that she's seen um, because Lex brings a little bit of um, insight from working with bigger organizations around and and all of the testing that they've done to make, to to learn what works well in a landing page. And so you're going to get some of those insights and some of the things that she's learned throughout her years throughout those things. Um, And so I'm really excited to share this one with you. Um, And I want to introduce you to Lex. I'm just going to read a bit of her bio now for you so you can get a bit of an idea who she is. But Lex Roman empowers early stage solopreneurs to find their clients without playing Google's and Instagram's games. Um, She's a former Silicon Valley growth designer turned small business growth marketer. Um, Lex has been crafting winning conversion conversion strategies for companies like Nissan, Macy's, the Black Tux since 2010 and now she's on a mission to help solopreneurs to get seen and to get sales without being beholden to big tech. So um, Lex has some really great insights to share with you and um, if you pick up the accent, she is not from Australia, she's from from America. So I was recording in our morning and her evening um, but it's a really great episode and I'm so excited for you to listen. Enjoy. Welcome to Design Hacks for DIYers. I'm your host, Jackie Norton, pro graphic designer and coach. I've been working with incredible businesses for years as their trusted graphic designer, but now it's time to flip things around. I want to share with you, an everyday small business owner, secret design industry hacks so that you can confidently create a beautiful visual brand and graphics with your own two hands. Because good design holds the key to your business, not just looking amazing, but to getting clients lining up to work with you and excited to pay your prices because your graphics connect and look like you're a real pro. But today I'm jumping in with our guest to help equip you and your business, not only in design, but in other areas too, so that you can feel confident, inspired and equipped. Let's do this. Welcome Lex to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be chatting a little bit about landing pages and we're going to delve into all about what they are and um, why it's worth even paying attention to their design and all of those fun things. But before we start, I'd love to know a little bit about you. What is your business story? How have you come to where you are today? Um, What's your journey been been like? Yeah, so I'm Lex. I run a company called Super Easy Digital. Um, I like to say that I'm a Silicon Valley growth designer turned small business growth marketer. So I used to work with highly scalable, fast growing startups in in Silicon Valley, um, doing conversion strategy work for them. So a lot of landing page optimization, a lot of experimentation um, and data driven work to um, increase acquisition, retention, referral, And through that, really learned how valuable design is. So that's you and I are really aligned on that, Jackie, in terms of the business value of design. Mm -hmm. I've seen that play out so many times in, in, you know, high growth companies and in enterprise companies. And it's, it's still something that people, you know, 
they really missed the boat on how much design can impact their business. And so I've enjoyed proving that through my career. (laughs) And now I really focus on empowering solo business owners to show up online in ways that are going to make sense for them, that are going to be efficient and effective and not waste their time sort of playing algorithm games with Google and Instagram. Yeah. Cool. That sounds really, really lovely. And so could you just, for those of us that are a little bit murky on what a landing page is or have no idea what that word is, could you just give us a a bit of an overview of a landing page and some examples of how we might be using a landing page in our own businesses? Landing page in its most like clear technical sense is the first page someone sees on your website. So your homepage counts as a landing page, but then people can land on any page of your site, right? Mm -hmm. And so For many of us, we think of landing pages as an intentional page we want people to land on. We create them to sell services or products, and we use them to focus our customer on a certain service or a product. So so when we talk about landing pages colloquially, that's sort of what people are meaning, a page that will sell a specific service or product that you have. And you can also tailor them to audiences, right? So you might have the same service with two different landing pages, one that's really tailored to an education audience and one that's tailored to a fitness audience, let's say. Right. Okay. So what are some things like, I know lots of my listeners are like coaches or um, might be selling jewelry or um, might be offering like social media packages or something. What kind of landing pages would they be creating for their businesses? So I would think about who you want to target. I would start with a landing page around the people that you are trying to reach most urgently and the thing that you are trying to sell. Mm. So rather than, and this is particularly for people that are small business owners, solo shops, two person shops, you want to be realistic about your time. So I would start with one landing page. What's the thing that you want to sell right now and who is the buyer for that? And you make a landing page that's really tailored to that person, right? What is the language that they're using? What is the visual? You talk a lot about this, Jackie. What's the visual that they're expecting um, in terms of the design aesthetic, in terms of the photography? Can you tailor that to them and really highlight why this product or service is right for them? I think that is something that can really benefit your business because your general website is a, it's sort of a like, uh, you probably don't have the Cheesecake Factory in Australia, do you? Do you have the Cheesecake no, Factory? We kind of know what it is, though, it's, from TV shows. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a restaurant in America, right? That's just like a the menu is just like everything possible that you can imagine a restaurant would have, right? And so do they have cheesecakes? Cases, they do have cheesecakes oh, and they have a ton of cheesecakes. <laughs> and so, you know, your website is everything. It's yeah. everything about you. It's everything about your business. I think people can get lost there. So the beauty of a landing page is that it really focuses on who your buyer is and what they should be buying. And so I would start with one landing page aimed at the buyer you're most trying to reach and what you're most trying to sell them. And I'm just going to ask a different question now than I was going to. Does a landing page, so how do people usually come across your landing pages? And separate question, but similar, does your landing page have links going out to other places on your website or is it really quite narrowed down on, no, this is just, you're on this page and this is like, As far as you know, this is the only service or product that I offer. These are great questions. So in terms of finding a landing page, people can find it through Google search. That's that's honestly one of the most popular ways to use landing pages, right? You tailor them to search terms that are around that product or around that audience. Um, So you might, maybe you're selling, um, you know, private coaching to new moms, 
So, and then you want to target new moms of, you know, brand new newborns. And then you want to target new moms that are maybe early childhood education age, like kindergarten and beyond that. So you might make two separate landing pages and use the terms that they would be searching for. Mm -hmm. So Google search is one way. You can also promote them, right? In all the ways that you're promoting your business. So whether you're using social media, events, an email list, you can direct people to those landing pages as a way to get them into a certain funnel. Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, well, oh, sorry, what was your second question? It was that idea of, oh, are, the there, are, there, are there links out to, to other parts of your website or yes. is it really narrow? Okay. So there's different schools of thought on this. And this is something that we tested a ton when I was working in Silicon Valley, obviously landing pages was a huge experimentation point. We tested this a lot. And I often found that when we didn't include links to other things, people found their way back anyway. So <laughs> we had really robust analytics at um, a company that I worked at is called The Black Tux. Mm. And so any of your listeners who are in e-commerce has a parallel to that company. They they rent and sell tuxedos for weddings. And so we did a lot of optimization around their cart and trying to get people like laser focused on buying something, right? And I found that when I removed links, people found them anyway. Like I could see that an individual had just jumped back anyway to the cart or to the homepage. And so I am sort of of the belief that you want to focus your audience. You want to focus your buyer. You don't want to give them too much distraction, but I wouldn't avoid links that are relevant, right? Like if you want to link to more about you or you want to link to a consultation call, I think that those things can be okay when they're relevant to what you're selling. Cool. Because I'm just on looking at a landing page now and yet there's no other links. Like if I just accidentally ended up there, then I wouldn't wouldn't actually be able to go to her main website or um, go to her Instagram. Like there's nothing else for me to do other than buy this one service or product. And so I find that really interesting. I think what I've ended up on is doing like a really, instead of having my full menu bar of like home about example courses, blah, blah, blah. I just have home and like my Instagram or something just so that if someone wants to go find something about me, they can, but it's not like here are all the options. Feel really overwhelmed by looking at this page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really about the decision fatigue, right? You don't want people like, ah, where do I go? What do yeah. I do next? You want them to feel guided and supported by your confidence that this is the right thing for them. But I do think it can be good to include like a homepage, like somewhere. It doesn't have to be at the top. It can be at the bottom. If someone's like, oh, this looks really cool. I'd like to work with this person, but this doesn't feel like the fit. Mm. Um, Because we're not trying to pull one over on anyone, right? We're trying to guide them, but we're not trying to trick them. (laughs) That is is the dream. Let's not trick people. Okay. So why... (laughs) So obviously you've got, usually you'd put together some texts that you might want to put on a landing page. Um, what is the, what is the point of designing this in a way that is beautiful and enticing to read and really directive and guides people beautifully and all of these different things and just makes sense to people? What's the point of actually doing that rather than kind of just putting a couple of words and pictures on a, onto a page? Yeah, the point is really persuasion. So what you're trying to do is is have a page where somebody's coming to you with an inkling that it might be the right thing for them, and you're trying to head off any hesitations that they have that it's not the right thing for them, and you're trying to confirm for them that it's exactly what they need, right? So the the landing page, the storytelling aspect of it, the visual aspect of it is all about persuasion and um, overcoming objections that they might have to what you're offering. 
I want to just duck in here for a second and let you know that I have a brand new quiz that I released last week that I want to share with you. It is a quiz that is all about sharing with you what your brand style is. And so you go through nine really fun, I reckon, questions. And at the end, I reveal to you what your brand style is. So there's so many different styles out there. And I know so many business owners get really confused. Um, there's a thing called brand confusion that I like to share about where it's you feeling like you just don't know what, you, what looks right for your brand. You have played this game of like, oh, I'll just cross my fingers and pick something and see if that suits my business but I'm not really sure or you're feeling really like your brand style isn't quite spot on and what you had in the past doesn't suit what you want now and you're trying to see what's looking good on Canva and using templates and everything is just confusing and so the aim of this brand style quiz is to help you to find a little bit of clarity hopefully what you might find in those results is maybe what your brand actually already is is great or maybe it's going to encourage you that maybe there's something else out there for you to explore and to look at that maybe suits your personality and your audience audience and what you want to share with the world in visual state because graphics aren't just about looking pretty they're about communicating really really subconsciously and really visually what you're all about and so this brand style quiz does just that it's totally free and after you get your result you get a page which please make sure you scroll down you get your result and then if you scroll down you get color recommendations you get font recommendations you get canva elements search term recommendations you get a whole canva design that kind of goes you shows you all of your fonts and your colors and your elements you even get sent a pinterest board full of mood boards and ideas for your exact brand style and that is all 100 free and i'm so excited to share that with you so if you want to check that out just head to whitedeer.com.au forward slash quiz and there you'll find everything that you need to know about that quiz um, and you can just take it straight away it literally will take you one minute unless you're a slow reader maybe two minutes um, and yeah I'm so excited for that so I hope you enjoy and let's get back to the episode what are some of the things that you might have seen like like obviously there, there's a difference between a good landing page and a bad landing page how what do you feel like those key differences are between a good one and a bad one I mean, here's what's interesting about landing pages. I think there's so many different schools of thought on yeah. what makes a good one and a bad one. And I think um, for me, I really think the worst ones are ones that are like vague and um, they're clearly sort of just copying what other folks are doing. So we see a lot of stock photography on landing pages. I don't think that really ever works unless you're selling something super low priced, um, maybe like insurance or something where people don't <laughs> expect any kind of like quality from it. Um, yeah. It's just like a have to buy kind of thing. Um, so stock photography, I think always drags down a landing page. And I think being vague about what it is that you're offering, like, I just don't think there's any advantage to vagueness. Either you're offering something valuable and it's well-priced and it has an audience or, or you're not right. So I don't think it benefits you to do either of those things. Be vague about the visuals where you're like, ah, it's just like, some random person smiling <laughs> and be vague about, about what you're offering and what the value is. You want to be real. You want to believe in what you're selling. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you want to convince your audience that it's worth their time too. So when your landing page is like generic, I think it doesn't serve anyone. Yeah. Okay. And so there's obvious, what do we need to think about first when we start designing a landing page? What do we need to be thinking about and really get solid before we get too far into the process? I think there's two things that I would recommend you start with. One is the pain point that you're solving or the value add that you have. So for folks that are not really solving a pain point, but it's more of a like, like if you're selling a vacation or something like that, um, it's more of an aspirational thing. You want to be clear about what that language is that your audience is using. And I think really coming up with that one tagline or sentence that really is going to get at the heart of what 
it's going to speak to them, right? Mm. Like, yes, this is the pain. That's exactly how I would describe it. Or yes, I want to be that person. I want to do that. That's who I want to be in an aspirational sense. I think getting that clear right out the gate can be helpful because it can help you pick all of the rest of the components of the page. It can help you pick how you're going to lay out the page and what else you're going to say. It's sort of like the core of your messaging. Um, And then I think the other thing you want to think about is what objections people would have. So why would someone not buy this, right? Like if you're standing in front of someone who this is exactly right for, what might they say that you could address? Mm -hmm. And And that's what's cool about a landing page in terms of like why you would want to invest your time in a landing page versus just the standard pages of your website. It's a sales conversation that you're having passively, right? You're you're able to sort of embed those things that you might say to someone in person or on the phone in the page to get them to take action without even talking to you. Yeah. Yep. And do you have, I haven't told you I was going to ask this question, but from a, from a really practical design perspective, do you have any tips in terms of like, like I know a lot of paid, like even just thinking about larger headings versus smaller body text or using different color blocks or um, imagery. Like, do you have any tips around just some basic, definitely do these kind of ideas in landing page design? Yes. So I would definitely keep your top, the top of your page pretty simple. You want a tagline, a call to action and an image of some kind or imagery of some kind. Um, like an aspirational image, something that's like, yes, this is the outcome, right? Either you're like living your best life with this thing or this amazing thing is happening to you because we've addressed all of your problems. Um, Those are the things that I would focus on for the top. And I would also, you know, always check your mobile, always, always, always check your mobile layout because people forget that. And if you're pushing down your your top of your page with just an image and no text, a sense of where you're going, I think that's a real disservice. So you want to make sure that that is working across device. That top section is your most important hero section, as as we say. Um, And then I like to make it clear, and this is something that comes from my design background. I like to make it clear the structure of the headings on the page, right? So we like to use H2, so your, your second tier subheading, and then you know, make it really consistent. So you have sections that are predictable. It's like, this is the heading or the subheading. And here's the content of that section. I think this is in terms of like a design mistake people make that is a a big clue to those of us who know. Um, And for people that, you know, anyone who has a visual impairment, anybody who is, has the distracting place of work, you know, when you're putting too much in, it can be hard to follow. So I think using those headings really strategically to be like, yes, this is the section. I was looking for the pricing section. I was looking for the how it works section. Yeah, Using language like that, that's really predictable and using predictable fonts and heading sizes. So your page really flows in a logical way, I think yeah. is key. Yeah, that's really great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And so before, when you were talking about what to think about first, you mentioned that this word components of um, the different parts that you think make up a landing page. I think you've got maybe six or eight components. Could you explain what those different components are briefly? Yeah. So the hero section, your main call to action, you want that right at the top. That's your first component. And then you'll want to repeat that throughout your page, depending on the length of your page, you might put it in the middle a couple of times and then you want it again at the end. Um, So that's again, the hero section, the most important, your call to action. Yep. Um, A second component that you can include is what I call a feature highlight. So what is it that they're getting? 
Um, usually like what's the service, what's the package. If you're offering a service, it might be like a bulleted list of what's included in it or a couple, you know, snapshots of, oh, you're getting 90 minute call with me and a, you know, playbook follow-up or whatever. Um, and then you can also use a, a shot there of what the service is or how it works. Um, a process highlight. So that's a third one different than the feature highlight. A process highlight is how it works, especially for services. Mm. I think this is so key, you know, what to expect in terms of how this is all going to flow. And I think the more vague your product is, or rather your service, the more important it is to give people that confidence of like what exactly they're getting. So for coaching, right, how it works, you'll get a form from me, you'll book your time, right? Confidence in those things can help people make a purchase call. Um, hesitation, anticipation, this is a fun one. So what might stop someone from moving forward? Yeah. Um, how can you get them ready to take that action? And you can include this. If there's one thing that stands out, you're like, oh, everybody's always wondering about the timeline or whatever. You can do a block. That's just that one hesitation, mm-hmm. right. Addressing that, you know, worried about not having enough time. Well, here's the, here's my answer to that. Or you can do an FAQ section, which is really common. Um, if you're doing like a digital course or a program, FAQs are really common. It's a great way to just handle any of those questions. Um, five on my list is success stories and stats. So testimonials we know are huge. And again, the the more innovative or unique your services, the more important those are because people don't know what they're getting or they're sort of unsure about the value. Yeah. So I think having your current buyers or your past buyers speak to that, um, whether it's videos or case studies or quotes from them that all can really help. And if there's a tangible result, like a revenue increase or a time savings or something, then those can be great to highlight there. And then lastly, I like to include pricing. Again, this is like a thing that people really waver on. Some people are like, no pricing, right? We wait on the pricing. I just, I've never seen that pay off in any of my experiments with landing pages, um, hiding pricing. Yeah. I even did that at a, actually, I think it worked the opposite. I went to, a, I, at one point in my past, I made like little um, gift pencil casey thingies that had lots of little things in them. I went to a market and I tried to sell them. Um, and I and I did that test as well. Some For one hour, I put my pricing up and for the next hour, I didn't put my pricing up. And I can't actually remember the result. Um, I think it might have been more with the less pricing, but I do actually believe in putting pricing on websites. I think it's like, I get so frustrated as a consumer going to a website, I'm like, are you $20 or are you $200? Like, I need to know, like, I'm, I'm, that's going yeah. to make my decision. Like, yeah. So having that, yeah, like yeah. If, if you really don't want to, some people put it under like a email sign up or something where at least you can f- still find it without having to actually talk to someone because hashtag introverts. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's great, especially for a proper big product or service to really be like, no, this is the pricing. Um, take it or leave it. But yeah. Yeah. And some people put a range, right? Like if you, if you do custom quote your services or you do want to talk to someone yeah. and give them a package, but I think putting a range of like, yep. this is $10 versus 10,000, right? Like it, yeah. otherwise you're wasting their time and you're wasting your own time because because then you get on the phone with someone who doesn't have the budget for you and it doesn't matter if they need you. Yep, exactly. They could be, they they could, yeah, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent agree. Like if, yeah, it's just, just saying, yes, I cost $5,000 and just owning that or I cost between four and $10,000. Like that's, tells me so much more than just nothing. So yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And so as a random question, I know, 
I know a lot of my audience have like products or services that are less tangible. So it's harder to put a a picture there. Like if you're selling some earrings, you'd obviously just put pictures of the earrings. But if say if you're selling a digital course or um, an ebook or literally coaching with you, do you have some cool ways that we can represent those in graphics that we make? Yes. Oh, okay. I was just thinking about this today. I was excited that we're talking about this because I got an email from someone who sells a lot of digital products and she had designed this graphic in the email that was like a computer and a tablet. You've seen a million of these, right? It's like a computer and a tablet and a bunch of PDFs. And it's honestly, I think it can be really overwhelming to look at that. Um, so I personally would really lean away from imagery. That's like, look at all this work you get to do when you buy this digital download. <laughs> I have wondered that like, myself. Hooray. <laughs> I, you know, you do a beautiful job at it. I think that a lot of people don't. Um, I think there's a really fine line there. Yeah. And you want to convey the value there. Um, in the case of, of what you're selling, Jackie, I think it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more visual, but when you're just portraying a bunch of like ways to read and watch and do homework, I think it can be like, "Eh, I don't really want to do homework. What I want is a revenue increase in my business or what I want is time back in my day. Right. So I would think about the outcome of your work and I would think about how you can portray the outcome of your work. Mm. And so for many of us that are in the service provider space, photos of us or photos of us at work or photos of you working with clients, I think can go a long way and also adds a trust factor, right? People like to work with people that they can see and like believe are human beings. And um, I think that those pictures can really speak a lot about how you work and who you are. So photos of you, photos of how you work. And then I think photos of the outcome. Mm. So whether that means a client photo, you know, like a testimonial photo, one of their professional photos with one of their testimonials or, you know, the freedom in their day, like the, a schedule that's clear, um, those kinds of things, right? You want to think about why would someone come to me and what's this going to do for them and yeah. how can I portray that? Yeah. That's really beautiful. And I think like there's still a place for showing like what I call those mock-ups, but I think being really, as you said, really sensitive of that fine line of let's not display that there's heaps of stuff that you have to do, but kind of just, you want to just, especially when it is a digital product, you want to show that there's a physical value in what they're purchasing, like show a little PDF or show a little computer screen, but don't feel like you need to put every screenshot of every single page of every single one of your documents or every single one of your videos because it just feels really like... Oh, I don't have time for that. And all of us are fighting to have time. So when you when you put too much there, like I'm just looking at my my graphic for my 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 biggest kind of course. And it's like an eight module thing. So it's quite big. But I don't think I've gone too overboard with so much stuff that it feels overwhelming. But it is, yeah. So it's interesting doing that. And I just totally agree around pictures of you, pictures of you performing your service and and yeah, focusing on that outcome as well. Um, because we are you're not necessarily selling your thing, you're selling the outcome to get that thing. And your thing is just the vehicle that gets them to what they actually want. They don't actually want to do your course. They actually want the result. And so focusing on that in your messaging and your imagery and your sales is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other thing that you do is you don't lead with that graphic, right? That graphic is more, it's the feature highlight graphic. It's like, here's what you're getting. um, But it's not the like, here's the outcome you're going for image, right? Yeah. It's not the not the first image you have, and it's it's just it's kind of like yeah, it's you scroll down for a while and you're like oh, just, this is how you get what I what I actually want, yeah, 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 and you have to be really intentional about that, and I think make it make it look fun, make it look worthwhile, make it look valuable, but without making it be like oh, and now you have a bunch of homework to get this outcome. <laughs> 
sometimes I feel inspired to do homework, but it's but most of the time it's just overwhelming. Um, <laughs> if we're like thinking about starting a landing page or redoing one of our landing pages, where are some places we can find inspiration and some some cool examples of what we can look at? Yeah, I, a couple things. One, Pinterest. I'm a huge Pinterest fan. I like looking at Pinterest, and you can just type in landing page, and then you can add keywords to that there. Um, so definitely a lot of a lot of great inspiration mm. on Pinterest. I also like to do Google searches for similar products or services and see who comes up, especially if you click on the ads, right? Almost all Google ads are going to go to a landing page that was intentionally designed around that keyword. So I think those can help you think about sections you might be forgetting or hesitations that other people are, are putting forward on their landing page. Um, and, and I think that that can really help make sure that you're getting ahead of your competition there because um, you're going to be competing with them yeah. in, on Google and in spaces like that. So yeah. both of those places, Pinterest, Google, um, and, probably just, and then, I mean, I, yeah go. yeah, go ahead. Like paying attention to ones that you get served as well. Like if, if you look at a landing page for a product or service, it's just like, oh, this is what they've done and try to look at it analytically and pay attention to how your mind thinks as you work through that landing page. Yeah. I say, I like to save email, like promotional emails yeah. that I get on a Pinterest board. And then I go back to them when I'm like launching something and I go, oh yes, this is what, this is what I forgot to include. Or this is how I, I thought I should design this piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Saving those folks that you're like, this person does this really well. I want to, I want to execute at this level, I think can be helpful. Yeah. That's so good. And so thank you for everything you've shared today. How can we, if we want to work with you, or if we want to get in touch or stay in your world, how can we jump into your space? Yeah, I would love to stay in touch. If folks are interested in landing page design or getting more leads online, that's my specialization. Um, I have a special discount for Design Hacks listeners. I'm a big fan of the podcast. <laughs> so um, go to supereasydigital.com slash design hacks and you'll see your discount. You can see what I offer and please get in touch. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your generosity and all that you shared today and for that little discount too. So make sure you check Lex out. And um, yeah, thank you again for joining us. Well, you don't have to be sad. This episode is over. There is more. I would love to see you over on my Instagram at whitedeergd and we can chat, we can catch up, you can see what's going on, you can see all the different tips. Plus, if you'd like more freebies or more information or more help, just head to my website at whitedeer.com.au. See you next week.